It's a new year and a new chance for you to make a fresh start with your compliance. For the next 31 days on the FCPA Compliance Report, we're going to be bringing you a daily tip, strategy, or idea that you can use to improve your program. Here's your host, Tom Fox, the Compliance Evangelist. This month's sponsor of 31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program is Affiliated Monitors. Founded in 2004, Affiliated Monitors provides professional, independent, integrity monitoring and ethics and compliance assessments nationally and internationally and across almost all industries. With its knowledge of effective ethics and compliance programs and cultures, Affiliated Monitors is respected for its work as the corporate monitor on matters ranging from multinational corporations to small and mid-sized companies and even individuals. Having served in over 750 monitorships, no one has more experience as an independent monitor than the team at Affiliated Monitors. For more information on how an independent monitor can help improve your company's ethics and compliance program, visit this month's sponsor, Affiliated Monitors, at www.affiliatedmonitors.com. The how question in due diligence. What is satisfactory due diligence under the FCPA? That question seems to be more important after the story on Unioil at the subsequent release of the Panama and Paradise Papers. However, the events largely focused on the who part of due diligence and the need to know whom, with whom you're doing business going forward. However, there is another important question which did not come up, which is the how question. How does a third party perform its services with or for your company? If it is on the sales side of things, how can a third party help you make sales? If a third party comes through a supply chain, how do their products or services meet the needs of your company? Or if the third party has a closer business relationship, such as a joint venture, teaming agreement, or other similar agreement, you may need a much deeper understanding of how this third party does business because the relationship may well become so close that you will be intertwined with the third party. It may mean even more than simply how does their products work, but how does the third party conduct themselves in their business? The questions beyond simply who were made clear in a Wall Street Journal article from the Theranos scandal about how Theranos defrauded Walgreens company. It turns out that Walgreens left a gap in its due diligence on Theranos by never fully validating the startup's technology or evaluating its capabilities. In other words, how it did business. The clear message is that if you're going to partner with a technology company which is going to change your business model, you'd best make sure the technology works. However, if a potential JV partner refuses to show you its technology, how it keeps records, its financials relating to the products and services you are contracting for, and generally tries to hide from you the very thing that you are buying into, you should not walk but run away from the deal. The article detailed the lack of steps and missteps by Walgreens when entering its partnership with Theranos and how the actions caused Walgreens to lose some $500 million in investment and certainly caused reputational damage and subject it to civil liability. The results, the relationship became in tatters, making Walgreens an extreme case study of what can go wrong when an established company that craves growth decides to gamble on a new and unproven startup. 
One might think if you're interested in a technology company that provides medical testing, the investor would want to see the laboratory where the testing is performed. It turns out Walgreens representatives were never allowed to tour, let alone review the labs where the results of the Theranos pinprick blood test were run. A Wall Street consultant, Paul Rust, who was sent to Theranos to do a quality control review, said it was a very strange situation. The results were actually really good, but I was never allowed to go into the lab. I have no idea that the results I saw were run on the Edison devices or not. He went on to say that he was led to believe that they were being run on the Edisons. Yet even Russ was surprised when no Walgreens representatives were allowed to view the Theranos labs. Interestingly, when Theranos did provide the test results to the Walgreens representatives, the results came back low and high values rather than numeric values. As a result, Walgreens couldn't compare the results from the Theranos machine to commercially available tests. Once again, this was something which Walmart should have sought additional information. Even when the Walmart consultants assisting the company in evaluating Theranos and the proposed transaction voiced and wrote up their concerns, they were not passed along to Walgreens management. The consultants concluded that Walgreens needed more information to assess the partnership. The findings and reports by other consultants were kept from Walgreens officials, some directly involved in the negotiations with Theranos. Walgreens made another classic mistake in the due diligence process. They took comfort when a competitor was allegedly considering a similar venture with Theranos. Some executives were comfort when Theranos said Safeway had agreed to host blood testing sites at some of its supermarkets. If Safeway trusted Theranos, then Walgreens could as well, the Walgreens officials believed. How often have you heard that some other company is considered or has approved them through the due diligence process and you make a decision based on the alleged actions of some alleged party? Walgreens hamstrung itself from managing the relationship after the contract was signed by agreeing to contract terms which prevented Walgreens from auditing or even viewing the Theranos clinical data or financial records. Perhaps, and finally most damaging, damaging, there was a complete lack of communications between the two companies about the issues that would have bedeviled have Theranos. Walgreens shelved expansion plans after the Wall Street Journal reported that Therano did the vast majority of its tests it offered to consumers on traditional lab machines. Under the FCPA, many companies understand the need to know with whom they contract for, but and they need to understand the why as well. However, the need to perform an investigation into how a third party can actually deliver the services is equally important. So what are today's three key takeaways? Well, let's start with the basics. The how question can be and as is critical as the who question. Number two, the more integrated a third party is into your operations, the more important this question becomes. And number three, incorporate a how question into not only your due diligence, but your ongoing monitoring and auditing after the contract is signed. Make sure you have the rights to look into how a third party does business, and then you have to actually go ahead and do that through auditing and now ongoing monitoring during the pendency of the relationship. If I could ask you to do so, would you pass on to at least one person this podcast series on the nuts and bolts of compliance as I'm trying to expand my audience base for 31 days to a more effective compliance program? I hope you'll join me again tomorrow where I take up another topic in innovation and compliance. Thanks again for listening. 31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.